If you're from New England or from Providence, I'm sure you have heard of the Slater Mill. But have you heard how much preservation goes into maintaining the Slater Mill so that we can go and see a relic of New England's past industrial history? My guest this week is Lori Urso of the Old Slater Mill Association in Pawtucket, which is sort of exciting for me as an academic historian because so much of what I do rests on archival documents and paper trails. But Lori is involved in a different aspect of history, and that is preservation so that we, the consumers of our past, can go and look at the architecture and the tools, the implements, the actual machinery that shaped New England to a certain extent. So I have Lori on the show this week to talk about Old Slater Mill and its preservation and a history of when S. Willard Thayer and others bought the mill to try to preserve it. The preservation of the mill goes way back, as you'll see. As always, if you like what you hear and you believe in this project that is the Rhode Island History Podcast, please subscribe, share it with your friends, and there's also an option to financially support it if the spirit moves you. So without further ado, here's Lori Urso. My guest today is Lori Urso, uh, who is the d- executive director of the Old Slater Mill Association in Pawtucket. She has worked in historic preservation for 15 years, and her efforts have touched many places in Providence and Washington counties. She's a former Westerly Town Councilwoman and was awarded a Lifetime Achievement Award from the US EPA for her conservation work. Uh, she also enjoyed many years of performing and recording music. So I'm very excited to have a historian and a musician on the show today. Hi, Lori. Hi, how are you, Alexander? I'm doing all right. right. Uh, I read the the article that you wrote for Small State Big History about uh, the the purchase of Slater Mill by uh, William Thayer. And I thought that we could talk about that a little bit first by contextualizing the time period in which Thayer bought the Slater Mill, the 1920s. What does Pawtucket look like at the time? Well, it was a much different time than it is now for Pawtucket. It was, you know, right after the war, the roaring 20s in the early part of the decade. And uh, the industrialists were very wealthy at that time. Business was good. Um, They were on the point of change. I don't know if they were all really expecting what was to come by the end of the 20s and how Um, not only the economy would affect them at that time, but the loss of workers and the moving of mills to the South, which had really picked up speed by then. So um, it was both in a a state of grandeur and also facing what would become soon an economic decline. And at this point, by the 1920s, Pawtucket has already had a series of worker strikes in its factories and other kind of uh, workers activities going on. Uh, is that is that something that somebody like Thayer would keep in mind or or that that lives with the industrialists 
as they're developing or de-developing, I guess? I would say so. I mean, Simon Willard Thayer was an industrialist. He was the treasurer of the Lebanon Knitting Company, which was a factory right in downtown Pawtucket. And I, I'm sure that he was aware of the growing labor movement, really, that had um, taken hold around 1824, so about 100 years before this time. And, you know, although the labor movement obviously did a lot for worker income, worker safety, of course, it wasn't, you know, the, the South didn't have the same constraints. And so um, I'm sure Thayer and others were aware that the population was declining at that time and workers were leaving the area. So what did that mean for Slater Mill at the time? Well, what that meant for Slater Mill and any of the mills there was that they were facing worker shortages. They were losing business to the South and that was really about to affect their livelihoods. And of course, you know, um, in 1920, which is when um, Thayer purchased the mill, and he didn't just purchase it out of the blue. It was a group of people who got together, industrialists at that time, who knew that property was um, threatened to be demolished because Job Spencer's estate was selling it off. And they had knowledge that a business block would be built on that property. So um, they knew Slater Mill as a manufacturing plant was seeing its last days. And they, you know, were cognizant of somebody needing to take the responsibility to save it because of what it represented to them and to the Pawtucket community. So they, they felt like uh, the Slater mill could still be used, right? Or did they just look to preserve it? Yeah, they, they simply wanted to preserve it. And really, after it was acquired by um, Thayer, who subsequently uh, sold title of it to the old Slater Mill Association, which was the plan, um, after that happened, they basically treated it as a shrine of sorts. They um, went through a major fundraising campaign and they started restorations to it, which was a lot of subtraction of what had been done to it over the prior 100 years or so. And um, they once they completed the restorations, really it sat unused for most of the time until about 20 years later when new members of the board were inspired to create a museum to the textile industry. And 20 years later, a lot, as you as we've already been talking about, had changed. So um, their motivations perhaps were different at that time. Yeah, I was going to ask about uh, in the 1920s, I mean, because Slater Mill, everybody in Rhode Island knows about Slater Mill and probably New England more generally. But by the 1920s, what sort of renovations had to be done to it in order to preserve yeah. it? So the association acquired it in 1920, 21. 1921 is when the old Slater Mill Association was formed. And they had to basically undo a, a number of extensions and additions that had been put on the property, put on the building. Um, they probably had to bring it in two bays on each side and um, there were some additions to the roof line that had to come off. They had built a tower that was used probably for toilet facilities that was put taken away. And, you know, just a number of little things that they had to 
take away to restore it to what you know their goal was its 1840s appearance. Why 1840s, by the way, is because originally when the, um, what we know today and I refer to as the old Slater Mill was really the Almy Brown and Slater Company. It was never called Slater Mill back at that day. So when Almy Brown and Slater built the first mill on the property, it was just a small building about 29 by 40 feet. And then by 1840, um, they had added another approximately 100 feet of factory and a bell tower on. So this is the point in history that the founders of the Old Slater Mill Association wanted to restore. That's really interesting uh, to, to think, you know, preservation isn't only uh, just kind of renovating what already exists, but also even dialing back some of the additions that are put on. I never thought of it that way. Um, well, often historic restoration is that very thing. You're restoring something to its earlier appearance. So you have to take off new treatments. You might restore old windows, hardware, other features of a building that will restore it to that appearance. So, you know, there's both um, preservation in terms of acquiring something and saving it in situ, which is the preferred. And then there's restoration, which is bringing something back to its original glory. So there's a couple of different concepts going on there. So did, did Thayer intend to, as you said, just keep it as it was, or did he intend from the beginning to uh, bring it back to a, a previous condition? Uh, because he, he did die soon after. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. So again, Simon Willard Thayer was one of a group of men who got together to save the old Slater Mill. Why I kind of put him in front is because when they knew there was a time clock on acquiring it, he just jumped ahead and acted immediately and bought it so that there would be no chance it would be sold. But his intention in doing that was to hold it while he and these other gentlemen formed the old Slater Mill Association. So I think that philosophy of theirs on the restoration was a group thought, a group effort. And again, I think they were they were ahead of their time in many ways. First of all, nobody in the country that we know of at that time had sought to preserve an industrial building. Any mm -hmm. preservation before that was some sort of a, a historic site of other nature. Either it was a civic thing or it may have been a religious thing, like the Toro Synagogue, for example, is one of the earliest um, historic preservation sites in Rhode Island. So that was, you know, for them, a really uh, advanced thinking at the time that they could actually save this building because it had an industrial history that was reflective of Pawtucket and also the Rhode Island system of manufacture in many ways and, and the story of Samuel Slater. So I think their intention was to restore it to its appearance in the 1840s and have it as, you know, just a, a beautiful feature on the landscape that could be used on occasion for, you know, various purposes, events, celebrations and the like. What were they worried was going to happen to it if they didn't buy it? Did they think it was going to be demolished or, or what? Yes, they had reason to believe they were all very dialed in, as you can imagine, to Pawtucket. They all worked right in downtown Pawtucket or close by that each each of these gentlemen were operatives of some level of major textile factories. So 
they all had reason to believe that it was about to be, the site was going to be purchased and a business block, a new business block would be built in there. And, and in doing so, the, the factory would have had to be demolished because it was an old building and somebody, you know, at that time, again, a lot of industrial wealth, they wanted to build something new. So they had, I believe, good reason to know or an opportunity to know that information and they felt they had to act quickly the the new business block that they believed was to buy the property it wasn't in manufacturing right i don't know that it could have been it could not have been i'm not that that information we don't know because it was speculative at the time so yeah it's interesting to think that people like thayer would have seen slater mill as the history of his own kind, right? The That's history of the entrepreneurs of Pawtucket. Uh, right. And in that case, as the, the demographic changes that you talked about in the beginning, where that kind of manufacturing industry is leaving Pawtucket, mm -hmm. the foresight that you, that you identify there having that, you know, we should preserve this because right. this is a relic of who we are, right? As, as right. industrialists. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th I, I think, you know, when I think about what would have motivated these gentlemen, um, you know, they, they clearly understood the foundations of what was now their livelihood and what was enriching them and their families. And um, they, you know, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. That's I lost all right. <laughs> it I can't remember sometimes. like what you, yeah, what you were leading me down. Um, what are some of the, the sources that are available for, like what kind of documents did you use to, to study Thayer's activity or the other industrialists that worked with him or the history of the mill itself, the renovations, rather than just the, the physical renovations that you can see, there must be some kind of paper trail. Yeah, so um, you had said, you know, you saw the article I had written for Small State Big History. I didn't actually write it for that. I republished it there. I wrote it for a newspaper supplement or section that I had produced um, to observe the 100th anniversary of the old Slater Mill Association. So it was one of the articles I wrote for that. That was about a 24 page um, newspaper section. So I did a, a lot of research to write not only a timeline by decade in there, but these particular pieces. And what I used to research was, is, uh, was and is the archives of the old Slater Mill Association, which include a fairly extensive collection of all of the administrative paperwork that goes back to the early founding of the organization. I have books of the original minutes of the board of trustees as they were going through not only the acquisition of the building and working with the Chamber of Commerce to see that through, but also you know, the founding of the organization, how they selected trustees, when trustees came and went. And then also, um, um, numerous pieces of correspondence between the members of the board and you know other entities associated with this whole um, acquisition plan of theirs. So we have a very we have a, a good um, archival facility in the Wilkinson Mill, which is part of the campus and it has not only our own corporate papers but many of the papers of the first president, former presidents and other members of the board. 
So, you know, a lot of that was really just taken from there. And also the newspaper articles of the time, doing searches of the news banks and, um, you know, just seeing what was the news of the day. And of course, um, Providence and Pawtucket, there was a lot of news coming out that related to industry at the time. So it's not hard to find accounts of different things that were going on. And um, the Pawtucket Times and the Providence Journal really followed along with the acquisition of Old Slater Mill and documented a lot of the activities at that time because it was something new. You know, I think, again, being the first um, effort to save an industrial building and, you know, the people that were involved who were great civic leaders, it was a really good news piece at the time and continued to be in its entire hundred years uh, of ownership. That, uh, the, the, um, the documents that you're talking about just makes me want to now transition to the topic of preservation because documents are also a form of preservation, right? Archival work mm -hmm. of, of saving yeah. these old things. So I was hoping that you could talk about the the sort of preservation that you do of the mill today, what kind of maintenance it needs, both yeah. in the structure itself, but also thinking about these documents, the paper ones, and, you know, maybe the, the non-paper documents if they exist. Yeah, so you bring up a good point, because when people think about our historic collections, they never really think about the buildings as part of the collections, but really the main items in the collections of the Old Slater Mill Association for 100 years had been, first of all, the Old Slater Mill, but then the Wilkinson Mill, which dates from 1810, which is a neighboring mill on the campus that was acquired in the 60s, around late 60s, early 70s. And there's also um, the Sylvanus Brown House, which is a, an artisan cottage that dates from 1758 that was moved to the site. So for years, it's been the organization's responsibility to um, maintain the integrity of those structures. And over the years, there had been many efforts um, to keep those buildings intact and standing. And those have involved exterior restorations of the old Slater Mill. The building dates from 1793 and just about every 20 to 30 years, it has needed some level of exterior work to the clapboards, uh, sheathing underneath that maybe gets um, wet and rotted, roofing that needs to be replaced, windows, etc. So to keep a building that old, a wood frame mill um, that old in um, a, a good visual and structural condition takes ongoing work. And in addition to the things I mentioned, we also in about 2015 did a structural project where we had to prop up a spandrel beam that was sort of rotating and put in new columns and just, you know, try to, again, just keep that mill in the best condition that it can be on the landscape. The Wilkinson mill is a stone rubble mill. And of course there's mason, masonry work that we've done over the years. We did window preservation. We restored the cupola on that building as well as Slater mill and other um, necessary work. In the seventies, an archeological dig was done to actually uncover the old water wheel pit under Wilkinson mill and the water wheel was restored to working order at some point which added another project that had to be addressed every 20 years. 
And finally, with the little house, um, when it was moved to the site, it was put on a new foundation. But probably three, four years ago, we did an exterior restoration and a new roof on that as well. So, and, you know, we're talking about projects that are costly every year. The costs go up. We're hundreds of thousands of dollars every time you have to do some work to the buildings. So that preservation is, you know, really the high end capital. But then, as you say, we have these other you know, pieces of the puzzle that we have to keep in, in, in SNAP, and that's the archival preservation. We have actually a climate-controlled storage that was built inside the Wilkinson Mill to keep our papers and other things in um, favorable conditions. And then there's also a machinery collection there that's kind of part of the education collection. Some of that has been demonstrated over the years. And keeping up with that, particularly when you're trying to keep period machinery and some level of operating order, that also you know, comes with a pretty significant demand. So um, maintaining Old Cider Mill as a museum and something that the public could access most of the year, every year, certainly has required um, major efforts in terms of fundraising, construction, restoration, et cetera. And um, yeah, it's, it's a big, it's been a, a pretty sizable operation. What's changed most recently is in 2014, the Blackstone River Valley National Historical Park was established with Slater Mill as its Southern anchor. So over the past six years, we've worked um, to transition to a partnership with the National Park Service. And now the National Park Service has taken responsibility for buildings. Um, they actually have ownership of those buildings now where we continue to have an office and they maintain that 24 seven. So it's really an ongoing restoration and Old Slater Mill Association continues to own the property on the opposite side of the river, which is known as Slater Mill Park, and has, you know, what is the most famous view, perhaps, of the, the historic district, the one that you see in every painting, photograph, drawing, you name it, it comes from, you know, our property across the river. So um, it's been both buildings and grounds in that sense. Yeah, that's a, an amazing list of work that goes into preserving that I you know, I myself, as a, you know, an, an academic historian who most of my work is through papers and writing, I don't think about the other material uh, aspects that go into piecing together a complex history uh, yeah. and a complex space that is Slater Mill and its surrounding uh, other industrial enterprises. And I wanted to ask, sort of in closing, uh, because the the topic of preservation of history and its use has be become so important in the past, I don't know, eight or so years. I mean, the, the state of Providence has, I mean, the state of Rhode Island has changed its name. There are monuments that are, that people are asking to, to be taken down. And I wanted you as a preservationist to kind of give your opinion about this, regarding why preservation is important in general for for you know a social body for right. the well, state of Rhode Island. Well I think preservation of historic sites in situ is very important because they are the layers of the landscape that tell the story of our past. And something like Old Slater Mill 
in its natural state where it was built is really providing the history of Pawtucket, the history of the textile industry, and really the underpinnings of what made America ultimately a superpower economically. Bringing in a memorial from outside an area to celebrate a person, whether they're from that area or not, to me is a very different thing. That is that not is not necessarily preservation to me. That may be historic acknowledgement of a person, but bringing a, a memorial or a sculpture, a statue, whatever, into an area is, is not the same thing. To me, what, what I'm seeing is the importance here is that this building remained in its location, didn't burn by fire like many of the mills had, and being it's a wood-framed mill made it even more vulnerable. And it's there to tell the story of both the good of the um, Industrial Revolution and the bad, and you know the conditions that workers faced, the loss of land that farmers endured, um, child labor, the proliferation of slavery in the South and the demand for cotton and how we contributed to that. So that building on the landscape allows us to, to tell all of those stories so we can understand how we've evolved you know, both as a community and a nation. That's great. Uh, as, as a sort of parting gesture, is there any way that people can help you or help the Slater Mill in any way or just connect with you if they wanted to? Well, I think, you know, the greatest thing people can do is learn about their local history and that helps them to want to support it. Um, the National Park Service is offering free tours of Old Slater Mill Thursday through Sunday at both I believe 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. So anybody is, will, is able to go for free and enjoy, um, you know, seeing the buildings. The campus is open usually 24 seven. There's a park there and people can walk around and look from the outside and enjoy the riverside. So um, I think, you know, being familiar with the history, understanding its importance leads people to a, a level of affinity where they they want to contribute to the good. So I think, you know, just approaching it that way is, is the best, the best strategy. So you're suggesting that people should come down to the mill, right? And see it. Oh yeah. I always suggest that come to Pawtucket and see, you know, where the American industrial revolution began and um, where so many important issues related to immigration, labor, and people, um, you know, really took hold in this country. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. That was a wonderful. Are you welcome. Thank you for inviting me, Alexander, and um, good to talk to you.